0: would go okay so we're now being recorded well welcome everyone to this uh special live interview with bob bodine welcome bob it's so great to see you another and easter another yeah we did this was it two years ago i think we did it and uh we did it's incredible to think um how quickly time has passed and a lots happened since then um oh but god has been so good um and has guided and led us uh, So, Bob to get underway, why don't you tell everyone a bit about who you are and what you do, uh, because you're really a man behind the scenes as a mover and shaker.
1: So I'm a CEO of an executive search firm and, and, and I'm sure that all over, we, we have offices in every spot around the country. And, uh, we place the top two or three executives normally in a, a company, in a, in a, in a sports team, in a league, in, uh, in, in every fortune 500 company that people would probably do from the president, chief operating officer, head of sales, marketing, HR, that type of roles. And, uh, I've been doing this now for 46 years. <laughs> and so, uh, 40, 40, yeah, 40 some years. And so I'm so excited. Uh, you know, it's hard to, people ask me, how can you sustain doing the same job placing people, uh, in, in various businesses all the time. And I said, you know, early in my life, I figured out that uh, this wasn't about jobs, it was about people. And, and even though I would present four or five people for every job, and they would be the four or five best, only one would get the job. And, and so people say to me, oh, well, it doesn't that just make you feel awkward telling the other people that they don't get the job. And I say, it's my favorite thing, because I get a chance to tell them that, God has something so fantastic ahead for them and it's so much better. And now that you and I have watched this, this practice uh, that we just went through, we can go out and find now specifically what it is that you want. And so I help uh, people find a job they love with people they love in a place they love where their family loves it and they can do it for all the right reasons. And that's the enjoyment of it. And so, you know, the problem today, as you know, is 69% of the people hate their jobs. (laughs) they believe that they believe that a bad day at the beach is better than a good day at work. And and 80% of the people are not using their number one talent in their job. So that means we're spending billions of dollars training people in jobs. They don't even want to do. And, and then they're coming home and sixties plus percent of people, whether they're Christian, non-Christian, whatever is, is getting divorced because uh, they're talking about this trailing conversation of doing something they're not called to do. And so, finding what your assignment, what your call, what you're, what you're gifted at and doing what you're gifted at, plus what you're good at. Okay. With that, something you love, plus what you're really good at. That's when all the magic all of a sudden be- becomes, because you can't, you can't sustain something you like. You can never be successful at what you like. You have to love it. And that's a differentiating factor. And so people all around the world, I tell them all the time, if you want to if you would like to live a transformational life and leave the transactional, you'd have to know something. You got to know something. That's all in the knowing. And, uh, and so I, I'm always trying to uh, blend because I don't live my life in a compartment uh, uh, where there's Bob, this person, Bob, this person, Bob, 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 Bob. I'm, I'm trying to have one person, right? And, and so, so it's just as easy for me to talk something spiritual. And talk about God, because how would I take him out of my business? How would I take out the fact that we're going to love people? And so when I joined in, my dad started the executive search industry in 1967 out of one of the great consulting firms, at least in our country. And I'm sure they do it all throughout Australia, et cetera, is McKinsey and Company. And and so uh, and so when he came in and joined it, he had three rules that you should really do in a business. And, and so I followed those. And I thought he was going to talk really technical. And so I got my pencil out and I was really watching this. (laughs) And and so his first one was, so, Bob, make friends. And so, you know, even when someone says that and they're they're your dad and your boss and somebody that you respect and he's your best friend, but he's also the leader in the industry there's kind of a piece that kind of rolls into the room when all of a sudden your first thing they're, they're talking about is, is not get to your cubicle. <laughs> and so make friends. Number two is help your friends in every way possible. So that's such a, a big deal because that doesn't mean you you help your friends sometimes. You help your friends in every way possible, okay? All the time. And then number three is... Uh, don't be surprised if you do a lot of business with your friends. And of course, you know, that's the, the thing that happens today. The world has been taught that friends and business are kind of taboo. And so let me get this correct. We're supposed to work with people we don't know and don't trust. And it's the craziest part. And so that aspect of that first piece of, of, of you know, I wrote in this process, two books, one being the the power of who, which, is the ultimate equalizer in you who's anyone trying to find a job. We're going to throw everything about networking out. We're never going to do mass emails. We're never going to do dear recruiter letters. We're never going to hand out business cards to, to you know, like their mints at, at conventions. We're never going to all of a sudden go to networking meetings and, hey, Wes, there's Wes, there's Bob. And, you know, you two are sitting together. Why don't you put a stick in my eye? <coughs> and so the answer is it's so uncomfortable because people are caught up in their jobs and their cards and their business cards and I tell people all the time if who you are is what you have and what you have is taken from you then who are you right and so you're not a business card you're a treasure chest of gifts and talents everybody on today is a treasure chest of gifts and talents you do one thing better than anybody in the whole world. It's so fantastic. Um, you you have to get that which is within you out. And of course, who would do that better than the who? And I, and I called it the who because I wouldn't have called it the power of friendship because everyone's got thousands and thousands of people on social media, their best friends. And so so these are the people who matter most. God gave you specific people to help you and it's just an equalizer and people really didn't know that and so when they get into this into the power who i i am going to um kind of give them permission to talk to their friends and move beyond just acquaintances which a lot of people you know hey so they don't they call people friends that are not really their friends they're friendly and and so i'm going to teach people that god gave you 12 friends three close one best i mean Jesus has 12 friends, three close to one best. Everyone knows who he is. 2000 years later, he's still signing recruits and still doing deals at Easter. And, uh, and so the crazy part of this whole process is that God's in the detail. And so when I wrote the power of who I had no idea, uh, it was my first book. I had no idea what had the impact. And now it's taught in 23 universities around the country. And, uh, it's global and it's helping people find their dream and opening them up to finding who their primary source of favor is and all of that. My second book that I wrote um, is called Two Chairs. And so this book is like, again, they these two books, can you imagine, um, they take you right to the top. Um, so you don't have to actually, you know, and I tell people when I talk about two chairs is that what if I could set up a meeting for you that would change the entire trajectory of your life positively? Would you participate? Would you come? And, and so the, the, the focus in this process is, you know, simple is you, I'm going to set up a meeting at your house, (laughs) at your apartment, (laughs) wherever you are. And, you know, and I called it two chairs because, um, because it's a, it's a physical aspect of something that you could sit in and you could pull up with expectation to meet, uh, you know, to meet God. And so it's not about furniture. It's who's sitting in the other chair. And the focus here is that, you know, that you would go every morning for uh, first just to be in the presence but of God, which, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, I don't care if you put any rock stars or any big athletes or anybody in the world that you want to come sit with. I'd rather sit with the person who runs the whole world and created the axis of the world. And I know he knows everything. And the fact that he knows each person's name here, you know, who's on online, it's just too exciting. And so number one is that you could go for mentoring advice and daily guidance. I mean, I've been doing it for 40 plus years and God wouldn't let me write the book for 40 years until I had a body of work, Right in this that I had experienced so much issues and trouble and problems and things. And, uh, and it gave me a chance, but what's amazing is there's, uh, there's some huge benefits because sitting, sitting with the King, um, all of a sudden there's a strategic transfer. You get to lay down all your cares. He knows them all, but he'd like you to do it. And, and then he, he's going to give you, uh, peace and joy and insight, wisdom, and power and favor. And then he's got some things for you to do in your day. And then what would be the the positive result out of this? Well, the positive result would be, I can tell you is that, um, is that you're walking with God, I mean, in your day. And so you know, and so the enemy does not want you to sit here because that would mean you'd, you'd have a realization that you're a son and a daughter of the King. And And in that, all my success and all my business stems from these two from sitting i mean can you imagine Wes? i mean the the ultimate game changer is that i have the guy who knows everything about all my deals everything i'd ever want to do and he's going to talk to me and he's going to share and say hey i don't want you to do that i want you to do it with this person i don't want you to do that hey did i tell you about this person's in the meeting and he gives you insight and all of a sudden you have wisdom and you say some things you can't even believe you're saying and then it's just wonderful but also Besides the fact that you have success and and in business and in life, he helps you through the biggest piece. Here is he helps you through the trouble that is going to happen in your life. And uh, you can't be on this planet very long. And I think we haven't got anything. And it's kind of just the first summary that I and I'll back off and let you talk for a second. But <laughs> but I want to make sure is this, uh, you know we live in a tough world right now and uh, there's a lot going on for everyone who's, who's online today. And, and we're in two different countries. And, and, and the answer is we're both having the same kind of problems and uh, (laughs) it doesn't really change, but what does change, what changes is, is sitting and knowing who the, who the King is and knowing that you're, you're not of this world, but you're part of his kingdom. And he's, and he's given you and, and you have some rights and, and some fantastic things that he wants to tell you about your plan. So I go to my two chairs, get my day, get my deal. He always says to me, hey, I got four things for you to do today. And I go, what are they? And he goes, well, you'll know. It's about 10 o'clock. And then all of a sudden somebody calls. And I know, right? And you just know, here's my opportunity. And we live in this world of chronos time where we wake up. Make our eggs, get our stuff, do our things, get to work, pay our bills, do our job, run and it keeps going over and over. And then we have Kairos time. And so we have this Kairos moments where God opens a door. And when you do some things that he wants, that he's pre-planned good works for you before the foundation world. And he always asks me, are you available today? And I go, sure. And he goes, I'm just telling you, Bob, it's going to be inconvenient. But if you'll do my things, I'll take care of your things. And so so I have the sit with the king. And then could you imagine that he then opens up the power who for you? Because he already knows everyone you need to know to get anything you need done in life. And we can network for something every day. But why would we do it with a bunch of people we don't know when he gave you all the people? So it's too cool. I mean, the two things are the ultimate equalizer. It eliminates all bureaucracy. You don't have to have a you don't have to know you know the you know all of a sudden the bgs from from where you're from or the roy emerson or uh, you know any of the greatest people that have come from from all of a sudden you know from australia and and my whole point is that the person he gave you is going to open a door for you for your dream and that's what it can do and so when i introduce you in these two books it's a wild it's a wild ride it's been the one of the great ones so far for me and And uh, and I for sure I can know since I've all of a sudden gotten to know Wes. And it's amazing to me that meet somebody over the last X number of years that we've done. Wes is like one of my best friends. (laughs) I mean, mean, how is that possible? (laughs) And we we haven't even gotten together in person yet. And I know know he's going to do that.
0: It's going to happen one day and I think it's going to happen this year, Bob, do that. Bob, thank you for that introduction. Look, I I think one of the great things, and and I so appreciate you. And, and um, I always tell people now, my best friend Bob (laughs) told me about this book, two chairs, and you need to do this. And, and some of you know that I've given away a thousand of your books over the last 12 months. And, and it's, it's incredible to see what happens when someone actually sits down um, with God. and, like I had this guy last week, Um, you know, I gave him a copy of your book and, and I know, like, I got the impression, like, what the heck is this? Why are you giving this to me? You know? And then, then I get this message. I tried it with, and I became a blubbering mess because God just loved me. And, and you know, and I, that's the start of everything, isn't it? That that we we are loved by God and God loves us. And it's through that love that we take that to the world.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine the fact that you didn't call the meeting, he did. Yes. And so you're thinking, hey, so why did all of a sudden Wes give me the book? Why did all of a sudden this come through? Why did someone online all of a sudden intrigue you? What what did this? And the answer is, is that, so God's been calling. You have a calling. He's been calling you for a while to do something. And, and so we know that the difference between head knowledge of God, so Like I grew up and as long as I go to church and I'm done 20 minutes, I go to my sporting event, that would be good. And then, you know, you, you go to church and uh, you know, you don't really read the Bible. You don't really get in and know anything in depth of it. Of course you have somebody else doing that. And of course that's, that's not a personal relationship. And of course I know of Abraham Lincoln, I know of big factors of big people that people would recognize as in a process, but unless I met them, so having a head knowledge, being inspired, that's another thing. But what we're talking about, Wes and I are talking about is this. So I promise that if you have two chairs, you have two bean bags, you have two rocks, and you would sit down with the expectation of meeting the King of Kings. You come in, just get a cup of coffee. We're not going to read any devotional. We're not vicariously through someone else having a good conversation with God. Um, if we would just sit with him, he's got some things to share with you. And first you're going to feel the presence in the presence of God, is fullness of joy. You can't even imagine. Um, And so what's going to happen all of a sudden now is you're going to be with him. And once you experience him talking to you now, that's so so that could be so awkward for some people, but every day you hear the enemy talk to you and you're totally okay with that. It's just bizarre. And then if you hear God say, Oh, God's going to say one thing. I hear God. I think I heard God say one thing. I'm a schizophrenic. And the answer is none of that's true. The answer is, he's got some direction. And why would he give it? Because you're a daughter and a son of the king and you matter. And you're going to do your assignment purpose and destiny before you're done. And this portion is helping a bunch of other people find theirs. And that's, you know, if you want your dream to come true, you've got to help other people find their dream. And, And the answer is, can you imagine how cool it is? that you can do that. You can open up doors and be a coach and a wise person. You have just the idea. I mean, it's crazy. I get a glimpse of it, Wes. Every once in a while, I'm in a big city and all of a sudden people are hustling and they're bustling, they're going by. And then all of a sudden this young woman is just coming in. She's got all her stuff ready for a big meeting and she trips and falls. She scrapes her arms, her papers fall on the ground everything happens. She's just in total a mess. And then suddenly out of somewhere, this fantastic person across the way sees her, runs, picks her up, picks all the papers up, gets her, brings her up and settles her over here on the side. I wish, dang, where's my my phone so I could just take a thing and I'm going to show this to my, my oldest grandson, Maverick. I want him to, this is who you're supposed to be, Maverick. This is what you were created to be. You were there to see this kind of stuff. And then you think, and it dawns on you. No one else even saw this. No one else was going to help. And, and then you start to think is that. So that's why when I grew up, I used to love Sherlock Holmes. He had the uncanny ability of seeing what other people couldn't see that was hidden in plain sight. And so. So you remember each person listening to me right now has a person in their mind of someone who helped them when they were growing up and they were the difference maker, the game changer, the moment maker in their life. And they did something and you'll never forget it. You might have four or five of them, but you they gave you the loan. They gave you the job. They helped you when everyone else was done. They saved you from some really dark Step you were about to make with the wrong people. You can remember the year. You can remember the day. You remember the person's name. And when you talk about this person, um, they are revered to you. And listen to me. That's who you are. That's what God has called us to. That's who all of us are. And when you understand who you are and whose you are and the path you're called, when you sit with the King and He tells you if you only knew how important you were to every single person in Brisbane, Australia, all over Queensland, all over everything. If you only knew what you could do for other people, it would change everything. We don't have, we can listen to me. I don't care what's going on in the economy and all the other stuff. When you understand and you know that the guy who runs the whole world is on your side. I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I tell young kids, they always said to me, Hey, my gosh, I said, did you think like Jesus and Mary and Joseph when they was like born because he was in a shed in some little thing? Do you think like they were poor? Yeah. And I go, well, what happened to, you know, the gold and frankincense and myrrh? I mean, they gave him gold bars. He could have bought Nazareth. (laughs) We're not talking about a person who's just normal. Your ways are not his ways. They're bigger. they're, They're grander. He's always got a door open to you. And the Kairos moment for you, I really believe these moments are starting to come. And the closer, if you'll just draw nigh to him, you make a step to the chair, everything changes.
0: So Bob, what you're saying is that God knows absolutely everything. And he wants to tell that to you, that one of our jobs, and this is a key aspect of prayer, is actually coming and sitting with him and keeping our mouth shut. And actually <laughs> listening to what God wants to say to us. Yes.
1: Could, could we ever listen? Yes. I mean, you know, just by, by sitting with me, it's hard for, you know, and I had to like stop. I mean, listen, i the jabber of the world. He looks at me and goes, uh, are you done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, I am done. And so and he goes, hey, so I listen thank you for sharing all that. I mean, I've never been in a time with God that he didn't affirm me. He's not mad at me. He's not mad. He made me, he made no junk, Made no mistakes. Um, He knows all the things that you wish you wouldn't have done. You wish you wouldn't have said, and thank goodness that, uh, you know, we have a, we have Jesus who died for all of that for us. And, uh, and, and, and he's put that as far as the East is from the West. And and so it's really it's really good. But if we would just do as you said, that's why I say in the book, you get a minute to talk. He gets four. If you want two, he gets eight. And and listen to me, you have no idea what eight minutes is quiet like is listening to God. I mean, yeah. and so and especially when the enemy does not want you to know you're a son and daughter of the king. So the clamor starts, the e that your phone goes off. Something happens wrong. I mean, as I was just trying to get all my computer lined up, I cut my finger. I've always had to run over again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <wonder. laughs> I think, is there anything that I-, I couldn't get my right, my major, my right computer? I'm telling Wes, I can't do it. I can't ever seem to ever. He always knows I can never seem to get my, my computer batterized. And luckily I had an introduce him to my daughter. Okay. <laughs> who she came to the rescue. Rachel did. And she's got it, and it's batterized, and I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm settled. So it's, <laughs> thank goodness we prayed before we started. Absolutely. You know, Bob,
0: in, in one of my two chairs time last year, God said to me, stop shouting at me. And I said to him, I'm not shouting at you. I'm having a conversation with you. And he said to me, well, actually, every time you come to me and tell me what I'm supposed to be doing, you're mm-hmm. shouting at me. It has to be the other way around. And and th- But this comes back to um, the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. He's talking to us so that we can be his on earth as it is in heaven. So all this stuff that we're, he shares with us is about seeing people's lives change, which is really what his heart is for seeing his kingdom come.
1: You are going to end up looking like him. We're going to be slowly molded into who he always had. Now, can you imagine that? Hard to imagine. But before the foundational world, God knew you. That means if I know somebody, I I don't know. I don't know anybody that I haven't talked to. So I had to talk to God either five minutes or maybe 500 years. I don't know. But I talked to him. And then when he put me in my, in my, my mom's womb, he told me he said no he's gonna you're gonna forget me, so you gotta find me then you're gonna find the assignment the purpose, and the call right and he says now i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send people across your path to do it and and thank goodness I mean you know moms are amazing um so moms and i i really i you know i i put in the beginning of my book uh kind of The honoring to moms because of their stepping up spiritually for families all over the country. You know, we have terrible situation in in the country and in the United States where you know, you know people, you know, you know they're just not. We have single family homes, and and who's gonna who's gonna bring? And they're divorced, and there's trouble, and no one's going to church, and no one's having a chance to be around other people of like faith, and we just have so much trouble. And so God knows that. So. You know, in mine, my my mom did her first two chairs uh, piece when she lost her dad when she was young, and she just screamed out one day. You know, so you know she was like eight or nine, and she screamed out, "So where are you, you know, Lord?" And so he uh, he said, "Martha, I'm right over here," and so she about fell off her chair when she heard that, and she came up and started doing two chairs, and and I'll never forget coming home my junior year of college you know, and walking into the house and, you know, we loved God. I mean, you know, we just treated him a little bit institutionally, a little bit like a flag. I mean, and, and so I, and it wasn't personal. And so when I walked into the house my junior year and came back from SMU, which you can see my, my SMU helmet in the back. (laughs) And so, but when I came back, I, uh, I could feel the house different because she was doing two chairs. I could feel it. She was reading the Bible. She was in, talking to him. I mean, can you imagine my mom? You know, later in life, I mean, she she'd just wake up at three o'clock. So, Lord, do you want me up? And he goes, Yeah, I want you to talk. I want to talk. Let's talk. And then he she'd go and sit and then she would surge. For something. She said, I'm praying for Bob. I got something for Bob, but I don't know what it is. And he says, he says, just sit with me and I'm, I'm going to tell you, we're going to talk through this. And then the next day she sends me a quote from the Bible. That's the one quote that I needed the most, right? How is it that God does that? Well, he does it a lot of times with moms. When I did a talk at a prison, I said, how many people here had a great dad? Of course, no hands, none. I said how many people have a great mom that's still praying for you right now every single hand in the entire prison and this was the worst prison in Texas I mean you're in for 60 years it was just terrible and so moms okay have really done this and now it's times for dads to to kind of come back in and 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 that's so big for us to take a chance to lay hands on our kids and tell them I love you I, I I, you know, I'm so proud of you. And I give you my father as the dad of this house, as a patriarch, I give you the blessing. It's my favorite thing to do, you know, with my, with my grandkids, they never go to bed, never time. My daughters never leave my house. I'll have it. It's indelibly West on my, on my uh, mind is I never came at the end of the time when my dad went out to work, when my mom and dad weren't at the door praying together. And so that has such an impact on kids. And so, you know, it's just that we need, we need to get back to doing first that, you know, in front of our kids and before they go to bed and love on them and just do it. And so when someone gives you the father's blessing, which is all throughout the Bible, that's the one key thing everybody had. When someone gives you the blessing, you walk right into your calling. And so that's where it is. So don't miss the fact, I don't care if your dad, so listen, 70% of men never had their dads say they love them. It's not because they didn't love them. They just their dad didn't say "I love you," and it was generational, and da da da. It's everything. So I tell people every conference I go to, if your dad's alive, first we're gonna text message him, and we do all this get text message game. But then, but I say if your dad's alive, you're gonna go up and say, "Hey, I was with this crazy guy, Bob Oden, <laughs> and I need you to put your hand on my head, Dad, and I need you to pray this blessing. It's an Abrahamic blessing." It's they hit the Jewish faith have done it their whole life they do it every as a ritual every single time for their sons and their and their daughters and and I said, you got to tell tell me, Dad, that you love me, you're proud of me, and you're going to give me your blessing and i said has any so that question people ask me has anyone ever denied that when they asked it of their dads never and see it's not that your dad didn't love you. you gotta, you got to get him to break through, right? And so, you know, most people are just uncomfortable telling people I love them. I mean, we have 180 words in the Greek language for love. They're all better than like. Um, but, but there's 180 words in the Greek language. And, and, and the issue is, is that, you know, um, I love my wife, Cheryl. It's going to be 40 years this year and in September. And it's so fantastic. And uh, I love tacos. So it's very confusing but it's not right.
0: Yes.
1: It's not. And so the answer is there's, there's different levels of love. And so, so that's why I could easily say to your wife, I love you. And you're not like, oh, wow. Did he just say he loves my wife? No, no, we're not talking about that. There's 179 other layers of love and the issue is they're all better than like. And when we go with our business, I don't have one person in my business at the NFL and major league baseball. I do everything. And college i placed all the athletic directors all the pros i just put in deon sanders which is kind of the cool one he has 40 million people on social media and he was a big dallas cowboy i just placed him as the new head football coach of the colorado you know uh all of a sudden buffaloes and the buffs and and he does so many things i put him in because he's such a game changer on, on just having morning times with god where he just gets on the video you know starts telling people how much he loves god Right, it's cool. It's just so where we are right now is just as you said. It's at, we're we're at this point. We're not divided. We're not in trouble. We're not in any of this. Why? Because you died. Christ lives in you. You're seated in heavenly places. S e a t e d in two chairs. And as the Lord prayed, as it is in heaven, as it is going to be on earth, you are portaled. He, he portals down to tears, and you can sit with him. And he's going to tell you what you're going to do to help us get out of this trouble, because you're not like thinking God's surprised by the trouble. Are you like, he's worried. Oh my gosh, this is really hard for him. I mean, I look at resumes every day. I get 250,000 resumes a year and I can tell you who in the first five minutes is going to win and da da da. So let me just say that out loud. I've seen God's resume. It's really good. No one beats it.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good. But we've got a great question here from Ian. He says, how do we get past the moment when Jesus tells me to do something today that we don't want to do? Perhaps it's scary or impossible. Um, what do you do when you say like, I could answer this, but I'd love to know what you say, because often God says to me stuff and you think you've got to be joking, God.
1: <laughs> right. So you have to embrace the unknown as friendly and ultimately beneficial. That's first. I mean, this is really interesting. I mean, sometimes you, you you haven't just done something. I mean, I'd have people all the time. They just, they don't, they think sometimes when I talk about, Hey, you know, sales skills and you got to go talk and they go, I'm shy. I don't like really doing that. I like talking to people. And so I get everybody at my meetings. We have everybody stand up and introduce yourself as if you don't care about them at all. And everybody loves that. They all diss each other. They all do all that. Then I have them, I say, Hey, that's not who we are, because that's just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the whole the whole pandemic. That's all people do. They walk in church. They do anything. They're not going to say hello to somebody. They're not going to greet them. Then I say, hey, this time, introduce yourself to the people as if you're long lost best friends. And I just raise my voice. Everyone breaks out of cheers and all hug each other. And all those people who are shy, all the Ians in the world, <laughs> I wasn't going to do. I don't want to do that. They're hugging the person. And so my whole point is this. Look at. Can you imagine if God himself told you and you you actually wrote that down on a note just a second ago to Wes? Well, that's the first thing I'm going to do, because this is such a great opportunity for me to test the water with God. I mean, I used to test this all the time with my girls. I'd say they come down, they can't find their socks. Uh, I can't find my socks. no Let's pray about it. Uh, I'm not doing that. And then, uh, then all of a sudden, they're almost going to miss going to school and they come down. Okay, dad, let's pray. Boom, they go up, they find the socks in two seconds. I said, so God starts off with simple and then he moves the other. Here's the thing. Saying you're, you're going to forgive someone, he told you he wants you to go forgive them. Um, that's hard. I mean, because they hurt you and he wants you to do it first. And the reason why, because he's going to unlock that other person. See, our goal is to, it's easy for you really. I mean, you could be hurt, but the answer is God cast, he paid for all our sins coming up here. And now all of a sudden this is a chance for you. Is it a, is it that he wants you to go back and, and deal with some things that, that you've done or you've had that you don't want to actually go and say, um, I don't know. If that freed you from this, wouldn't that be good? So in our worst moments, okay, there's there's room for growth and freedom. And we have to go there. We have to embrace this unknown that God's saying. But uh, he, listen to me, He's gonna do it with you. <laughs> He's already worked. If you read the if you're reading two chairs, you're doing the done. It's already done. So I like, I don't know. I'm just gonna go do it and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stand up in front of everyone and tell them I love Jesus. Now, I mean, so like in my business, hey, hey, I want you to tell this guy over here in a thing, you feel uncomfortable. I need you to go tell him something. I don't know. Those are my greatest moments. I, I I can really look back. What did you what have you found, Wes? Uh
0: I found it if God's telling you to do that, he he's he's already worked out the plan. But the other thing that I've realized too. It's it's not like he's telling us to do that and then go off on your own. It's like, okay, let's come back. So it it actually is, okay, God, you've sent me to do this. What's what's the first step? What do I do? And often it's who's the person I need to phone, which is the matter of who, you know, uh, you know, and doing that. And it's it's an invitation to a journey with him to go deeper with him. And so I've had to learn that. So, okay, God, I've done that little step. What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And to keep that, it's it's a relationship with him. And he's not there as a huge taskmaster in the sky with a a a, a whip ready to whip me if I get it wrong. And half the time when I get it wrong, he uses that as well to do incredible
1: things. Yes. Yeah, That's so good. I, I agree 100% with that. It's uh, it's an opportunity sometimes is this, you know, each of us, I I, I was writing up something in, on social media. If you're not on social media, I put up something for the last 17 years. Like everybody could just follow me normally through my two chairs, <laughs> what God's saying to me. But God told me the other day, and tell, tell everyone they're an inventor. And I go, really? Wow. And, and he says, so listen, you're going to see something that you've never seen. Like I, I can tell you at least eight times that my wife has told me about some fantastic car seat that she was supposed to fix. And she came up with the ideas of how to do it. We've passed on it. We just kind of said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then six months later, someone else creates it and makes millions. And he said, I was telling you something very good because Cheryl had that, right? <laughs> and so, so how many times? So what it is. I don't know all the other operational things of how to do it, but I know I know someone who does, right? That's so that's where two chairs starts. He gives you the idea, and then he boom, he didn't leave you. He gave you all your friends to do it, and you're shocked. So the guy who's given me the most business in my career has not been the head of the NFL, the head of the NCAA, the chairman of Coke, the head of this. It's my golf bro. Yes. And- <laughs> I said, so how do you explain that? And the only reason is, is that he's teaching some guy, they're hitting shanks over to the right. And he goes, what's the matter? And he goes, I just lost my chief operating officer. I don't know what to do. And he says, Hey, I got the perfect guy for you. It's Bob Bodine. And you have to have him because he's someone you can trust. And he's 40 some years of experience. He'll work on it personally with you. And so then they just give me the business. And it was like, Why? Because it's the same concept of what we're saying. You don't have to like get somebody you need to know to get the tickets to something. I'm getting you backstage pass with God. I'm getting you backstage immediately with the one person who knows. And you could say, oh, well, I don't know anybody. And I haven't done that. If you're in the worst situation, you're, you're homeless. So I had a homeless guy and he came to one of my conferences. His name was Taz. And he's one of my favorite guys. And he he i signed a book for him he was doing really good and then all of a sudden he loses his job he's homeless he's getting beaten up he's on the street everything's going wrong and he has nothing in his it is he's sleeping in his old you know old truck and then he has he looks in the back in a little bag in the back of the bag is this book called the power of who and he goes and he signed i saw i said i wrote him a whole note inside and then he and then he thought what am I doing? I'm going to read this book. He reads the book. And he says, the first thing God tells him is your brother call your brother. And he calls him and then everything shifts. And now he's got his own podcast. He's one of the most successful guys as a coach. He's done everything and people want to know everybody, everything about him. Is that possible? Yeah. With God, all things are possible.
0: That's right. I just wanted to say a quick thing about the invention thing. You know, God, um, I was reading something recently and I just felt God say, you know, we've only had books for, what, 400 years since the printing press came to being, but yet there was books in heaven right from the start because it, they talk about the books that are written there. And God, So God's been saying to me, "Where's what other inventions do I have in heaven that have been there that need to come to earth at this time? And to ask him about that. In fact, actually, I'm a bit scared to ask him about that really because it's, it's like, you know, we're seeing, like you, you think about this thing, the mobile phone and all the new but, but all the elements that they're calling the, like the new earth minerals, but they've been, they were created back right. when the world was created. We're only just tapping into them now. It's just,
1: yeah. It's a brilliant statement. We're taking God's raw materials and we're just reformulating. We're not like coming up with anything new. No. We're taking the same things that are already here yes. and just making it because you had some idea. And the answer is, when I get kids in a line, they're telling me their dream. I say, if you want me to talk to you about your dream, get in line and uh, I'll give you a minute and a half. And I bet I can change the trajectory of your thing. And my AD athletic director comes over. I don't think they're going to probably do this. They've been working out. And I go, look at the line. There's 400 in line. They're already in line. And and the whole point is when I get somebody and they tell me their dream, I look at them and I turn to the three people behind them. And I said, come over here, this girl. And I said, Do any of you want to be this type of person? And none of them. And I go, is that a clue? You are doing something that no one's yet. I've never heard anyone want to do that. And I said, I'm going to pray with you. I'm believing that for you. And I'm going to do something. I believe you can get that. And you know what? If you believe in someone, that changes everything.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And we got to do more of that. We got to do more of that. Listen to me, Ian, go do that. (laughs) (laughs) ian i want to hear the news you need to get on you need to do it you're going to be blessed out of your socks for doing it yeah and so listen you do not have just so the last comment on that subject is you do not have the spirit of fear but of love and power and a sound mind so the answer is is that don't allow the enemy now to steal a moment for you that's going to be magical just because you're fearful i don't know it's so when you're around people fearful they're fearful stuff jump on other people yeah. and then everybody starts to be fearful and the answer is we ain't going to do any of that yeah
0: well we've got about 15 minutes to go but let's um let's talk about in times of trouble because like it's like there's a lot of stuff here there's you know the government passes legislation that we don't like we've got an economy you know uh Interest rates are going through the roof. People can't get job, like they can't get staff. Also, but then there's the family
1: circumstances, and we've got all those. So, uh, so you can't live on the planet very long without understanding that trouble's going to come to people. And God promises trouble, and He doesn't promise trouble like, hey, He's promising this trouble like it's going to be something you can't handle. He never lets you put in something that you can't handle because he's always going to do it with you. Um, but my life quote, who would have, no one would want this quote. I have no idea how anybody would pick a life quote like I picked in John 16, which is in this world, you will have trouble, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Okay, so how could you, if you're, if you're in a world of trouble, how could you do this? And my wife's quote is, is, is Philippians four, six through eight. And it says, be anxious for nothing. Why would you be anxious? Cause you're in trouble <laughs> and be anxious for nothing. Just make your requests known to me. Okay. And I, as the God, as your God will, the, I will bring peace that surpasses understanding. And so, so all my, you know, uh, you know, I've had, lo- I had lots of trouble growing up and doing things like normal people. And, I had a bunch of stuff and then God wouldn't let me write two chairs. I had no idea why he wouldn't let me write two chairs for 40 years, but it was a bunch of stuff I had to get to know and first. And, uh, and so I had, uh, I had been, uh, doing a talk. I did a talk for a school. Um, and I did their commencement address, uh, just in, in May. And, and, and I, and I told them, I told these kids at the graduation, you're in full regalia, you know, and all the hats and all the stuff. It's really, it's outrageous. And I, and I was nervous about it. And so God said, I know i got a specific message I want you to do. And I turned to them and I go, congratulations. You're going to be, this is a Christian school. I said, Dallas Baptist university, you're going to do great. This is going to be awesome. And I said, but unfortunately no one told you what going out to the world's like. <laughs> and so I said, there's trouble here. And I said, no one's really told you about the trouble and you've been living in a bubble and something's going to happen. And, and I'm going to tell you is you could get fired. You're going to be lied about. They're going to cancel you. You're going to have this. You're going to be out of in lines. Your, your mom and dad are going to be mad at you because you haven't done a job. You don't know who to call. You're not calling your friends. You don't know the power of who. You don't really do two chairs and you're in trouble. And so I said, to him, but I want you to write something indelibly on your heart tonight. I said, there was a book that I really loved called man's search for Meaning*, And it was, and it was a guy, Viktor Frankl, and he was in a Nazi death camp and they killed his mom, his dad, uh, his wife and all his kids. And he wasn't going to let that beat him. And, uh, and they were moving him and torturing him, doing all this terrible stuff. And he said this line, I said, I need you to put it in your heart. And he said, I said, between any stimulus, anything that's currently, anybody who's listening to this right now, anything that's happened to you, because everyone's got something happening to them, that you just, you're just not telling anyone. And your response is a space. And you get the power to choose your response. If you choose an emotional one, you're going to spiral down. And if you choose an intentional one, In the most troublesome times, the most horrific times, there's room for growth and freedom. And I had no idea that I was writing this speech for me. Three weeks later. So I got the call from my granddaughter and Cheryl's on the phone. And and my grandson, who's 13 months old, who's named after our last name, um, is, is all of a sudden fell in the pool and drowned. And I can promise you that um be of good cheer and be anxious for nothing was not the first thing that my wife and I thought. But we held our tongue. We just made a beeline. My son-in-law pulls him out, resuscitates him, because God had told him, had got him when he was a sophomore in high school. He's a big Lugo a guy, lineman, and he pulled him out and he had been up and he, and he resuscitates him. And so we get the hospital. I arrive in the scene. My wife's going one direction. I'm taking care of him. We got child protective services there. We got trouble every possible way. The ambulance leaving with Bo. We have to get to the hospital. We have to get care flighted to another hospital. We are in panic in, in day one. And so day one is an abyss. You could be in a problem right now, just like us. And and I will tell you, day two, what we decided was we needed to lock arms. So we locked arms with our family. And we surrendered. We didn't know what to do. We couldn't lean to our own understanding. We're going to trust you. We're asking for you, though, to do something that we couldn't imagine possible. I need you to step into the room and give us some of this all-surpassing peace. And then, in my 45 years of being a Christian, I've never experienced, and all my time of doing two chairs, never experienced anything like this. All of a sudden, he stepped in. And it was like every single person would he listen to all of us pray We just praised him. We said, we're trusting you. We're believing that he's going to to wake up in this hospital. We're believing for that. And, but we're sticking with you no matter what. And we're going to be cheerful and we're going to do our part. And it's like he reprogrammed every one of our family's minds. And we immediately just all of a sudden knew our path. Is that possible? I, I don't know. But now all of a sudden we knew what we were supposed to do. We started doing, we, yeah, there's so much that goes on in a, in an ICU unit. I mean, doctors coming in wanting to tell you, you know, bad news all the time, whether they have it or not. And they're going to have a new doctor, a new doctor. And I just stopped that I just stopped that immediately and said, Hey, I need to, do you mind if I pray with the next one? <laughs> I said, Hey, let me pray for you and your family. And then I pray for him. And then he looks at finally at me and he says, okay, so Mr. Bodine, um, what, what would you like me to do? And I said, I said, anytime from now on, everyone that we're getting messages from all over the country, because we went wildly out and told people why, because we need more prayer. We wanted to hit the heavens and do this. We wanted to do it. And so we started praying for people on our floor. It's, we started going out. It was an abyss. Our room started to brighten. We had 24 hours a day. We were pray, doing praise music in the room. My daughter was, can you imagine the trouble that goes on with somebody with, with grief and, and shame and problems in this? We just, I just looked at Jenny. We just hugged. I said, accident. We're just trusting God. Do not, do not go there. Now, listen, here's the thing I want to tell you who are in trouble right now. There is no neutral ground to trouble none you're either going to have faith or fear you're either going to have faith or you're going to have no peace and God says you're going to have to trust me do you trust me because I want to see that listen without faith it's impossible to please me so I'm, I'm going to show you something I'm going to give you some crazy unbelievable growth and freedom if you'll just trust me and so we just started working on it. We started talking and, 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 and I had one of my daughters that you met just a second ago, Wes, is she would start doing praise music and sing to Bo in the room. And then all of a sudden, uh, all the nurses and all the doctors came in. On day six, they tell you bad news that your, 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 your grandson is brain dead. On day seven, they're going to do it to you again. And on day eight, my Bo, my hero, Um, gave his heart to a four-month-old. And that four-month-old was not going to get home. He'd never gotten home. And now he's 13 months old. It's fantastic. Our our family cheers. He gave his liver to a boy that was on our ICU floor that my wife and I prayed for. We're praying for another boy to be ill, not knowing that he's getting my, my grandson's uh, you know liver, and he gave his two kidneys to all of a sudden a forty two year old woman who wasn't going to live, and she can live on his two little peanuts and they grow into the largest now listen here's the thing I talked to God all the way through this. the most amazing moment was day seven, just before this whole we giving our, our our all this stuff on day seven. The doctor has to do it again the second time to tell you the bad news. And he looks over, and our whole family's there, and he looks over at my daughter, Jenny. And she goes, you know, Jenny, I'm just going to tell you. I don't want to tell you what I have to tell you. And Jenny stands up and looks at her and says, you are a fantastic doctor. You loved on our bow. And we are so proud of you. You did everything. And I just want to tell you, I love you. And our family loves you. This woman who had been in a hospital, had never cried, who had gone through all the aspects of all this aspect of of going through, you know, a pandemic where you are so hardened in the worst of moments. She just broke. Everyone in the room broke. All the nurses broke. And everything started to shift. Here's the thing. So listen, a day in heaven's a thousand years. So when I die, Bo's going to miss me three minutes. When Jesus walked Bo into the hospital, okay? Is it possible that, that sometimes you didn't have a limb, you didn't have legs, you had something bad happen, and God's trusting you that you're going to be a difference maker beyond. And he trusted our, God, our little Bo, that is 13 months. And it's just so big. And he saved three other lives, but he has changed lives. We had 22 million people on social media follow this honor walk as they did the following at the end of the day as he gave his thing. We raised money for all of the aspects of of because of my son-in-law, you know, Rob, and it did some great things. We have miracles that are so big. Could it be that God has a bigger plan? Of course he does. And so my point to you is, is that there's something great here in your trouble. Now, I got to tell you the best news. So. My daughter, Jenny, is now pregnant. (laughs) Rob had a vasectomy and they told him and he had to have a reverse vasectomy and he only had a month or so possible to even have children. And the fourth life now is coming. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, not only do we save three lives, we have fourth. And and, and I keep telling Jenny, I said, can you imagine? Bo is having a great day. J- Jesus walking Bo into hospital. There's my mom who did the whole two chairs book for me. And I wrote it through. And as you get to know in this reading, this book, but in this time, it's so spectacular. During this time, there's my mom who has 25 great grandchildren. She's never met one. There's Bo, she grabs him. Do you think Jesus ever gets to hold Bo again? (laughs) Never. (laughs) So could it be possible in some way, in the most horrific way, that want my fourth grandson, who was just this fantastic kid. So I'm just my point to everybody today is this: Listen, I don't know. I'm stronger. Our faith in God is stronger as a family. Um, my daughter and her husband, and all our all of my other two girls and their husbands, and this—it's just a—it's we're choosing God. We're just choosing Him, and and I can only tell you is. If you choose the worst point, it's just desperate. It's just depression. It's dark. It's nothing. And what we found by making the choice for God, everything just shifted. God just stormed in. I haven't even told you about other miracles that all of a sudden happened in other people's lives. But I can promise you this, that what Wes was talking about in all our economy, seriously? But <laughs> Well, that's not a real problem for me. God's going to turn that around. <laughs> I mean, and so is any of the stuff that your job, well, when you've lost your job, congratulations, it's a great day. Uh, God's got another job for you and you were supposed to you're supposed to go If You all of a sudden had a relationship. And, and so I have people say to me all the time, so, hey, this person's abusive. There's this and this. And I, what do I do? And I go, listen, I have, you know, do you believe what God put together? Let no man put us under. Sure. Of course I do. And so he goes, what do I do with that? And I have no idea if God puts you two together. So I'm gonna, you're gonna have to go to two chairs and talk to God. And my point is is I want you to understand that you and your family today. I mean, I I'm going out of my way to make sure my daughter's not worried about pools and things in the future and problems and all that. I prayed and laid hands on my daughter and said, no nightmares, nothing. And she hasn't had one. And I'm just saying it is that this is a great day for our family. I'm telling you, if you're in trouble, I have the one person you can trust. And that's a two chairs. I'm just a blubbering mess. Yeah. <laughs> this you know,
0: I had a guy reach out to me recently. He said, um, "You know, whereas I don't get the two chairs thing." And I said, "Look, it's you don't need the two chairs. You can chat with God, but it really does help. Just sit there and picture Jesus." And and I did this exercise with a guy the other day, and I actually asked him to explain to me what did Jesus look like to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave this most amazing description of jesus and it was a, it was a guy who um he only recently come to know christ he had a huge porn addiction he had a lot of shame his family don't trust him and uh but during that time with god god gave him a renewed mind he gave him and you should have seen the smile that came across his face we are leading people into encounters with God. And sometimes it just really helps to have something to focus on in doing that. And it's incredible, Bob. So yeah. I just want to honor you and thank you. It's been a tough year. <laughs> it's been, but, like you said, we all have tough situations that we're going through. But Thanks. the key is that God is still there. He's promised us to never leave us nor forsake us. And to and, and he wants to share the secrets of heaven with us. He may not share everything all at once, but he gives us that next stage, what to do and how to do it. And you're a prime example of that. So thank you.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I'm, I lock arms with the people God gave you. Lock arms. Pray and trust them. Let people encourage and lift you up and, and put down all these negative thoughts at the moment. Just Wait. So if it's not good, if your situation is not good, God's not done. (laughs) Wait. Listen, I mean, wait. He keeps doing another thing. I mean, it was another thing. We have a miracle about how she sold her house and who wanted to buy the house. I mean, coming with gifts and saying that they were a military person and they wanted this house because they had heard that Bo gave his life for three other people. And they couldn't, they wanted the blessing of Bo. My question is this, it's impossible for our minds to get it around. It's impossible for Ian to say, did you just ask me to do that? My mind can't conceive that. And my point is, you know, Faith, faith is the key here. Call things that are not as though they were. Trust God, just trust him and and make one step. (laughs) Talk to him about it. He's got plans. They're good. They're prosperous. They have a future. They have a hope. And that's exactly, I think, what you and I are all called to. I know Wes and I, we take on this mantle. We are merchants of hope. That's what we want to be. And I and I want you to, you know, I know there's like a, you know, a club that you all do. And so 1% club is that if there's a 1% chance that the guy who created the whole world would meet with you, would you go? Yes, everyone would go. Well, where have you been? He's waiting. <laughs> and so don't miss a day. Easter's coming. Listen, I told, I told people the other day, there's lots of gods that people have choices with. I know where they're all buried. There's only one that has been resurrected and has ascended and he's going to do it. He does it. And he's done it for you. Why? (sighs) I mean, in your success, in your business, and I'm taking you through hard times. And he took us through hard. This was hard. But I can promise you is that um, he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you like Wes said that's the key that's it. and so and in in tough times you know that's what we need to do is tell our friends and and, and hug on to them hard and be there for them and uh, fight hard at two chairs with god for them
0: bob can you finish off by praying breath?
1: so thank thank you lord for easter for us being here at a time to be able to do this again may this message touch people in so many ways. I I want people to know in the hardest of times, which I don't want any of you to have any of that hard time that need this suppressing peace. I want you to know that the God who calls, who, who calls the whole world and has been calling you and has a calling for you, you can't run for it. You can't hide from it. He's coming. He's got you. And he has plans for you. Lord, I just asked you at this Easter time that all of Australia is hearing the call. All of them are going to come together because we're not divided. We are, we are going to lock arms together. I just know I'm going to get a chance to come there and pray with you all. I pray blessing on you. I pray peace and joy and insight and wisdom and power and favor. I say, listen. Who you are, you are sons and daughters of the King, and you should be celebrated, and we're going to celebrate together on Easter, so hug your daughters, hug your sons, hug your grandkids, and Lord, we thank you today that we could just be here together. I ask that this message inspires people to become merchants of hope for other people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Bob. And thank
0: you to all those who joined us today. Um, What a huge blessing it is for
1: us. So thank you so much. I'm honored.